Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hi. Oh my God, am I on? Yes, you are. What's your oh name? Oh my God, awesome. Um, Nadia. It's not my real name, but you know. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some advice. Right oh, if you're yeah. going by a fa- if you're going by a fake name, let everyone think it's your real name. That's the point of the fake name. To clarify oh, that it's not your real name, it it, it it ruins your poker face. I just didn't want to lie to you. You know what? I respect the intention with which you you did that. Thank you. I'm glad. Uh, what's what's going on? Nadia? Also, I just want what? to apologize if I sound bad. It's because I'm a little under the weather right now. My voice doesn't normally sound like this, but I'm just so psyched that I'm on here. Um, the reason I wanted to talk to you, as I'm sure you know, is because I catfished somebody that I worked with over a year ago and I broke his heart as the catfish and now we're like best friends and he still doesn't know that I did this. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, how did you first start to catfish this guy? Okay. So it started Um, When he first started working with me, I didn't know anything about him, but one day he said something that came across as, like, really, like, homophobic, and I was like, yikes, you know, like, you know, you don't just say that shit around people openly, and then I found out from one of the other people that I work with that apparently he told a girl that he wanted to stuff her donut when he was trying to get laid, I guess. And so we thought, yeah, natural, just, you know, regular weird guy things. Um, So I knew that this guy had Tinder because I joined Tinder around this time that year. And I had seen him while I was swiping on Tinder. So we got the idea to make a Tinder profile that was like geared specifically towards this guy. Like the, (laughs) the profile, it was so specific. It was like, I love short guys. I love guys that can cook just like very generic things that just happened to apply to him and within like a few minutes of us uh swiping on him we matched and we started talking to him as a fake profile Mm -hmm. and we never had any like in-depth conversations with him at least from our angle most of it was just us like saying the weirdest shit and like trying to get like some kind of like reaction or suspicion out of him and like I think we told him that our grandma was like addicted to cocaine and that she was hiding 
Coke and okay. the the flour pantry so, and all this other so stuff. So did you did you it. ever? How long how long did you talk to this guy as the fake profile? Um, we talked to him for two months, and it ended because he started to get saucy one night, and we wanted to see like just how far we could like what kind of crazy stuff we could say to like scare him away. Um, like we told him to open his bitch hole for mommy at one point and okay. that still didn't scare him away. And he started asking for live pictures. So we like panicked and we left okay. him undelivered for like two days. And then a few days later, so, we like just finally end it. <laughs> yeah. So, so you say that he was heartbroken. What did he say to you? Either that you found out about in real life or that the uh, you found out through the fake profile. Um, he blocked the fake profile after we... Um, the, the thing we did to, I guess, really make him go away was we tagged some like random dude on her Snapchat story and called him a sexy cowboy. And he okay. finally just blocked her, I guess. And... Then uh, when he came back to work, he seemed really upset. And that was when I first was like, oh, like, this, like, actually affected this guy. And I remember one of my other coworkers asked him what was wrong. And he was like, oh, well, I might want to talk about it later. And that was when I started feeling bad for it. Like, you know, beyond just like, oh, this is a silly thing I'm doing. Okay. So you said you started to feel bad for, uh, feel bad about doing this. Uh, what... What uh, did those feelings look like? Um, well, it especially started once I actually like got to know him. Um, it started around the beginning of this year. Like my work started throwing these little parties after work where we all drink and we'd have like a good time. And that was when I started like actually talking to this dude. And I was like, oh, he's actually kind of like cool and sweet. And he eventually like joined my friend group over time. And now like, we're really close and like over time I've just been feeling like worse and worse about mm. it because it's like he doesn't know about this horrible thing I did but I know it and if I tell him it's like he's never going to talk to me again and it's like as much as I want to tell him it's like I don't know if it would be worth it if that makes sense but I also feel like genuinely guilty about it but it's just a matter of like if it would be worth the like how much things would change if I were to like tell him <laughs> Hmm. Has this, for you, has this experience, um, like, changed your perspective on people in any way or given you uh, a, a lesson of any kind? Um, I think so, yeah. It's kind of taught me that, like, I'm not always right about people from the get-go. You know, mm -hmm. like that's mm -hmm. definitely one thing I've learned because like at the time I just thought this guy was like some weird little homophobic troll, but he's actually like chill with like me and my friend group and everything. So now it's just like, oh, like, you know, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have done it, but I don't know how much I can blame myself for doing it with what I knew at the time, you know? Okay. Um, you said you did this with a friend. Um, yeah, I did this with um, two of the people I was living with at the time. One of them okay. denies any and all involvement in it to this day, but was definitely involved. <laughs> okay. Uh, do they know this guy personally at all? 
Um, yeah, he has been hanging out with, like, all of us. Like, we hang out at those people's house, like, regularly oh, with other okay. people I did it with. So, so what are their thoughts and feelings about the situation? Um, I'm with one of those people right now, actually. Um, I'm, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Um, but, um, Does she, I mean, I'm, they, da- I'm down to hear I, it from her perspective if she wants to tell us. Do you want to talk to us? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Just say how you feel. Just say how uh, you feel. Hello? Hi. Hold on. Hi. What's your name? Hi. My name is Meredith. Hello, Meredith. How, how are you doing? I am doing amazing. I can't believe I'm talking to you. Um, so, uh, Meredith, you uh, heard your friend tell this story that you were involved with, and you've heard her feelings about it. Uh, What are your feelings about it? Um, I have no regrets. I would do it all over again. Interesting. Why do you feel like um, you would do it all over again? I, it was just a wonderful experience, and it's, it brought us closer together, me and this other person here. And even though the person who was affected by it is uh, still uh, experiencing the effects, I think it was worth it because he deserved it. <laughs> it also... It also it also changed him for the better because before he was he's a little homophobic gremlin and then like now he's more open and like I feel like we did that as the catfish. Why do you think your feelings about this are so different from your friends? Can I tell the truth here? You can. Let me tell the truth here, please. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I had to get permission first. Um, the this well, Nadia here eventually fell in love with the person that we catfished. I wouldn't say love. <laughs> fell in light. Okay. Okay. But I mean, t- I mean, look to me, these two retrospectives on this situation. Uh, are not like like to me even the knowledge now that Nadia did have like a deeper personal relationship with this guy feels irrelevant to me in terms of how she now views the situation as a whole because she took a lesson from it of you know not going you know not feeling as though you know a person based off of very little information, which is a general broad lesson that has nothing to do really with her having any sort of deep personal relationship with the guy. Um, and I, I'm wondering, you know, that from just an objective level, does does that not resonate with you as an idea, these ideas that she's talking about um, as to why she feels guilty about it? No, because for me... I got to know him a little more, as, does, as as did Nadia, but I did not 
eventually like him. <laughs> okay. Do you feel as though you can d- do wrong onto people if you feel like you're justified in doing it? Yes. What makes you feel like that? Um, you can't see it, but Meredith is shrugging right now. No, I'm asking you this is a genuine question. It's I not like know. a gotcha moment or anything. I want to know. Still, still shrugging. So I guess I'll, I'll speak my piece here. Okay, um, sure. Because I've I've been having thoughts about this recently. Because yeah, um, one of the reasons I've been wanting to talk to you about this so bad is because. One of my other close friends recently just kind of, like, confronted me and basically told me that they think I'm, like, this, like, mean-spirited person who just, like, enjoys doing these things to people. And this was, like, the most prominent example you, they made. You've really got the devil so and the angel on your shoulder, don't you? With. Apparently, yeah. Um, um, but, okay, so tell me, tell, tell me more. So sorry, I interrupted made you. struggle with it more. Oh, sorry. Uh, you're good. But um, they they like kind of cited this as like proof that I'm like just generally like not a good person because I can do these things to people. But it's like, again, like I don't think they fully understand that like, you know, this isn't something I just did for like no reason. I wasn't like, I'm just going to rip this dude's heart out of his chest, even if that's what we ended up doing. It at the time, it wasn't from a place of like, genuine malice to an innocent person it was just like oh this guy is like has a really shitty worldview let's let's mess with him a little but now it's turned into like this whole thing where i'm questioning my own morality well even that i mean even i mean that's that's i guess what i'm asking meredith and again again i'm not you know inflecting any kind of like you know personal view on it but i i want to understand deeper like why I mean do, I mean do you feel as though if you feel like you're justified uh to to do something to someone that you should do it um is that to both of us or just Meredith sorry well I, I asked it to Meredith and, and she she doesn't have an answer which is which is fine but I'm, I'm curious what yours is um that is a good question. Um, that's, that's definitely another thing I've been struggling with. Because at the time, like, another element of it was, like, it just felt like a funny thing to do. Like, I guess sure. not something necessarily that I should do, but that, like, you know, like, oh, I'll get a kick out of seeing what, like, this weird little man says to his, like, mm-hmm. fake Tinder soulmate. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, it's funny that you guys are friends. I mean, it sounds like you uh, have gained a new perspective uh, out of this situation. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, hopefully that perspective is, is helpful to you and you believe in it and that it guides you towards doing things in the future that uh, you you are proud of, I guess. 
Do you think we should tell him, Gek? I cannot answer that question. I appreciate that. Let it's, me ask you. Can I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I ask you a question before we go? Yes, ask me a question. Do you think you should tell him? Well, I guess I'm gonna go right back at you with the I don't have an answer to that because mm-hmm. on a moral standpoint, I think I should, but on a standpoint of like basic self-preservation and not wanting to dig up old wounds. I also don't think I should because I think telling him would ultimately harm both me and him more than it would like help me relieve myself of this burden, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. It does make sense. I don't know. I'm not the fucking moral police. Um, And I don't even think. Thank you. I don't know. Well, nobody fucking acts morally all the time. I don't fucking act morally all the time. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to. Um... So, I mean, do do whatever feels right, I suppose. That was a stupid thing to say. I could have just said nothing, but I said do whatever feels right, which doesn't make any sense. But, <laughs> no, it's okay. But God damn it, do whatever feels right, Nadia. Is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? Um, I just wanted to say I was totally, like, stoked that you took my call. As I'm sure everyone says that, but it just made my night. Like, you have no idea how long I've wanted to talk to you. Everyone... Don't catfish weird little guys that you work with. They might turn out to be kind of cool. Uh, Meredith, any fi- is Meredith still there? Does she have any final words before we go? Fuck bitches, get money. Uh, thank you guys for calling. Thank you. That that does that poses an interesting question. Of should you fuck with people if you feel like they deserve it? And as somebody who has fucked with people in my life before because I felt like they deserved it, I don't know the answer to that question. I I mean, at this point in my life, I feel like the answer is no. But I don't know. Some person who knows about, like, history and fucking science and psychology or something could sit down and have some good argument as to why you should be able to do things if you feel justified in doing it. But I, I guess my thing is I don't and again I in the when I was in the fucking high school I probably fucked with a lot of people just cuz I felt like you know they deserved it I should be able to fuck with them. Um but I, to me that feels childish. That's why I did it when I was a child. Um, Because I don't... I guess where I stand now in my life, I don't feel comfortable designating myself as, like, the universe's moral arbiter. Like, I get to decide who has done wrong, and then I get to decide that they deserve something or don't deserve something that's just not a power i feel comfortable wielding and so i don't um i don't know if it's a power that any one mortal shall wield that's why i'm not a fucking this is i'm not christian but i do believe in the weird hippie sense that only God can judge. And so if I decide to, to judge, 
Does that make me a... Am I declaring myself as a god? Isn't that insane? To declare yourself as a god? Alright. Let's take another call. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by funlove.com. Oh yeah, that's right. We have finally gotten a coveted sex toy marketplace sponsorship. And boy, does this place have it all. Funlove.com is your place to go for vibrators, lingerie, BDSM bondage stuff if you're into that, penis pumps, cock rings, chastity belts. Go crazy, folks. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. And for a limited time, Therapy Gecko listeners can save 30% off their first order by entering the code GECKO at checkout. Go to funlove.com and use the code GECKO at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today and make a horny purchase. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Noko. Noko, how are you doing? I'm alive and kicking, and that's about it. Uh, Noko, how so, can I how can I get you today? What's going on with you in the universe? Well, I'm shut in. I've been a shut in for years, a year at least, and uh, I, I was going fine because I was doing remote work, but they cut my remote hours from five days a week to two, and then my significant other, she's not too happy about not being able to go outside with me, so it's just, uh, my uh, shut-in-ness is just starting to get in the way of my life. So, tell me where the shut-in-ness originated from. Um, I wish I knew. Um, there's, um, on and off for my entire adult life but um and then as a teenager i was always stuck in the house so um so is this is this like agoraphobia that's what the what the term i used before i started seeing a doctor and then she told me no it's not agoraphobia and then uh we haven't come to a diagnosis yet after six months of sessions but um it's not agoraphobia apparently tell me more about what the doctor is telling you why what what information have they given you on as to, as to what might be going on with you um outside of the normal depression and they're claiming ptsd but i don't even know what could even be PTSD in my life, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why, and uh, I'm not too concerned why. If it wasn't, honestly, I'd be okay with never leaving the house if I could just work. If people would let me work, you know. Um, hmm. So you yeah. would be okay with never leaving the house if it didn't affect your work. So you have no, this is not a thing. That you even desire to overcome. 
Not particularly. And I'd rather set my life around not leaving than leaving. You know, it's not necessary. And if you don't have it, that's cool. And if you don't even want to tell me, that's cool. But do you have a explanation of some kind? Again, you don't even need to. But do you have an explanation of some kind as to why you have no desire to to overcome this? I mean, I don't have an explicit reason. It's just um, I'd rather be comfortable than uncomfortable, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'd rather not deal with the anxieties that come with dealing with the public and Mm -hmm. uh, people and strangers and all that. Uh, sure. But I guess that's that's about as all the reason why I've got, you know? Okay. I, You know, look, I think that's legitimate. I think you're, you know, as a free human on the earth, you are entitled and compelled to live your life in whatever way you choose. But you're finding it difficult to work in these constraints. Yeah, I've before. See, I started working remote in 2020. What is it? It's 2022 now. So it would have been 2021. I started working remote for the first time. And um, but before then, I'd I'd be able to work for, I don't know, like three months or so. And then just stop going in. Just no call, no show and never, never come back um, or talk to them again. Um, and then I started working remote and then I actually started working for, um, this really, uh, I started working for the state and, uh, apparently you can't get fired from the state. So when I just stopped going in and talking to everybody, instead of just firing me, they actually reached out and like, Hey, we can provide you with a doctor. Just go to this doctor, be remote and keep doing your work and then a couple weeks ago they said well the remote time's over you need to start going back into the office and mm-hmm. uh, at that point I told my doctor hey I can't do this and she said well you can take FML not fuck my life but family medical leave which is cool which means I won't get fired but it also means I'm not getting paid three days a week mm-hmm. I, I mean I'm a single father have and you know just uh trying to make it on my own which is not easy paying rent on a single um, income have you looked into any alternative work that you might be able to do from home uh just 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 this remote stuff i've tried to look at a couple different things um and I, I've even been told that I qualify to go on disability and get those neat bucks, but uh, it's just it, it's it's much ado, you know. Uh, but the doctor's prescribed, uh, of all things, ketamine, and uh, sure. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I wanted to ask you this: you're you're a father. Yeah. How has What's been going on with you affected that aspect of your life? Um, 
Well, my kiddo's 12 now, and uh, they're more interested in staying in and playing games anyway, uh, which I, so it's really just a, a guilt thing having, you know, I'd like to take them out and go and do things, but um, it's already hard enough for me. And when they say, oh, I, I, I don't want to do anything anyway, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's affecting my guilt a lot. I feel like I'm not doing, I'm setting a bad example, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that guilt compel you to change anything? Um, that guilt has kept me from commit, becoming a hero a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and it's kept me from running away uh, out of the state and going and living in the woods. But, um, uh, and I guess it's what's keeping me going to see a doctor. I mean, I could Mm -hmm. just say, do what I've always done and say, screw it. I'm just gonna like just quit my job and, and screw this mental health thing. It's not working, you know? After six months, I, nothing's changed, but like they're keeping me going, I guess. Just do you, really do you like being health. a father? I do. I do. And um, especially now, because uh, they're getting older and this is the time when they're really learning life, you know? And uh, I really like teaching her about these things, but mm-hmm. um, it's hard not to be give her a bleak outlook on things too. Mm. Do you have in your mind um, an outlook, a vision, a philosophy? of any kind for her that you would like to see her adopt or open up to just about life? Even if it's different from your personal one? I really wish I could say yes. A lot of times, you know, when like hard things happen, uh, Mm -hmm. I I don't know what to say and I, I end up just sitting next to her, you know, um, because if I were to say what's on my mind, then it's just incredibly bleak. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it's best not to give my, uh, view of my worldview. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, Hmm. Noko, it sounds like, um, sounds like you are dealing with a lot and it's good to hear that you are still doing the best you can in spite of that you know what I'm saying it sounds to me uh-huh. like you're doing the best to be the best father that you can within the constraints of your mental health issues 
I mean, I don't know what else to do. I, you know, it's, it's a day by day thing for me right now. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I mean, just to just to I mean, look at the ways from what you've told me on the phone in which you're trying like going to the doc, like you, you, I mean, you said this yourself. I just want to point it out. You know, you totally, I mean, like I told you earlier, I was like, you are free as a human being to live life however you want. You don't have to make any attempt to change how you're currently living, but you're going to the doctor. You don't have to mm-hmm. go to, you're a grown man. You don't have to go to the doctor if you don't want to, but you're doing it, but you're doing it because you want to try, because you want to be. A better father. I think that's an admirable thing to do to try to help yourself so that you can be a better father. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I and that's ultimately I want I wanna I wanna be a better father, I wanna be uh, a better significant other, I wanna be a better son, and I wanna be a better employee. Mm-hmm. I often um, think, why can't they just see it my way? You know, no. So you're going. What kind of do- what kind of doctor are you? Do you also speak with a? I don't know. I don't know what the types of doctors are for what you're going psychotherapy. through. Psychotherapy. Okay. So what has your psychotherapist told you? Anything else that's been helpful to you? Uh, honestly, I mean, she comes from like I, I. I I love acid. I love LSD. Okay. I take it maybe like once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And and I really lucked out because she doesn't condemn me for my my LSD and my cannabis use and all this other stuff. She, she doesn't say, oh, well, that's your problem. You know, just stop that, you know. Yeah. But no, she actually listens to me, which has been really good. But it's all, that's it. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, that sucks. I wish you could do, I wish you could have things better. Try thinking different, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, has she get? What's the most helpful thing you think she's told you, or that, or just that you've gotten out of that experience? Someone to talk to every every week, mm-hmm. and that's that's really. Um, I mean, that's that's been helpful, and it's been helpful. In, like rem- remembering things, uh, I have my memory is just gone. But um, she she def- she said that that's a symptom of PTSD apparently. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it, she just uh, is just gone. And so she's kind of like unearthed a couple things. And there's been like two or three sessions that just just you know the typical therapy session when you're out when you're done with it and you're just bawling at the end of it or whatever. And mm-hmm. so there's been a couple of those. And I guess that's, that's, uh, I guess that's progress. I guess that counts as progress. Okay. So like in defining progress, uh, can I ask you this and you, you know, look, tell me the truth of, of however you feel, but day to day, or I guess week to week, um, as time goes on, are you noticing, even if it's microscopic, 
Are you noticing any kind of trajectory upwards or downwards in neither. dealing with this problem? Yeah, I'd say neither. It just seems I just feel the same. It's like mm-hmm. I it comes in ebbs and flows, you know, where it, I get really, really bad for a little while. Then I uh, kind of like plateau at an okay level. And I've been on that plateau for a while. So, um, but I just, just waiting for the time when it dips down again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good to know that she's there and she's doing it pro bono, right? I have insurance through the, my job and she's not even taking the money. So she'll be there even if I did leave my job. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a relief, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, and also knowing that she's not going to call the cops if I say something suicidal and get me in more debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. You know, no, I, I, I feel like, and I'm not, I think we all know I'm obviously not a real therapist. You know, I think mm-hmm. one of my big takeaways, and I don't know if your real therapist has, and I said this already, I don't know if your real therapist has brought this up uh, or if this is something that you believe about yourself. Because you told me about, like, all this guilt that you have. Um, and if it does any help to alleviate the guilt, um, and I it might not, I don't know. But uh, I do hope that you recognize at least from my perspective it sounds as though you are you are doing the best you can to help yourself to be a good father to be a better significant other to be a good son um by just showing up every week to work on it just you're trying and you're trying the best you can within your constraints and I hope that you're not feeling guilty about that not being good enough because it's it's a lot let's I'll say it again we both we both said it where you were like I don't have to fucking go to the dog I don't have to work on this you don't you really don't you really don't have to you could if you wanted to be like fuck everything I'm gonna um, not even work on this issue because I'm too afraid to, or I don't feel like it. But you are. You're showing up to therapy every week. You're sh- even you. You know what? You're even not noticing progress right away, but you're still showing up because you so badly want to be a good father, to be all those things. And I hope you recognize that that's a big deal, and that's not nothing. And I I hope you feel good about that, and I hope that that alleviates the guilt because you're dealing with a tough issue, but but your role you're you're standing beneath the boulder every day, pushing on it. You're not letting it roll back down the hill, you know. You're pushing on the boulder. Mm-hmm. You're not giving up. And I, I don't know how long it's going to take, and I'm not a real therapist, and I can't sit here and tell you 
whether or not things are going to get... I can't sit here and tell you about the, the trajectory because I don't know. But I hope you feel good about that and I hope that you continue to show up every day and work on this. And I hope that as you do, you stop feeling so guilty because you are, really are doing the best you can. And I think I think that makes you a good father. Well, I appreciate those words. I do. Um, I do. I just hope the best I can is enough. Noko, is there anything else you want well, to say to um, the people of the computer or, or any aspect of this that um, you feel like we didn't talk about that, that you would want to talk about? No, glad you talked to me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing this stuff. It's, you know, I know it's um it's a lot, and I appreciate you sharing it because you never know who's listening to this and perhaps somebody else is in, you know, some form of a similar circumstance and is helped by you uh, sharing. So thanks for doing that. Thanks. Thanks again, Lyle. Take care, Noko. Yep, bye-bye. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, it's inappropriate to make silly noises after that call. It just was my own personal version of catharsis after dealing with a heavy topic. I, um... Shit, my post-call thoughts are just me reiterating all the things that I've said. Um... But fuck it, why not? Um... Yes, I think it's, uh... Like, we have limited capacities... Limited energy and limited time and limited health. And I think it's it's important to just fucking focus on doing what you can with what you have. And that's uh, what Noko is doing, man. And I hope he feels empowered by that. And I hope... Um, that the empower. I hope he feels empowered by that, and I hope the empowerment he feels overcomes, uh, beats out the guilt, and motivates him to keep showing up. I wasn't gonna say it to him because I don't like to promise that. I don't like to say it gets better because it's I. I don't know, but I have an inkling of a feeling. Maybe it's a naive feeling, but an inkling of a feeling that if he shows up continuously. To work on the problem. I don't know how long. And I might not even. I fucking might not be right. But I would think. After some period of time. That it would. Get better. And. Um, I cannot tell the future. But I hope that it does. And uh, I, I appreciate you for calling Noko. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Factor Meals. I'm actually a huge fan of Factor, and it's been a large part of my weight loss journey this year. I've been using them before they sponsored the podcast, and their service is great. I hate cooking so much, and Factor makes it very easy to eat healthy, delicious food that I can whip up in the microwave or the air fryer. I'm a big fan of Factor classics, such as the shredded chicken taco bowl, the Indian butter chicken, and who could forget the cream tomato pork chop. I've been trying to count calories and lose weight and all that stuff, and Factor makes it very easy because the calorie counts and the macros are listed right on the box. 
Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Head to factormeals.com slash gecko50 and use the code gecko50 to get 50% off. That's code gecko50 at factormeals.com slash gecko50 for 50% off. Hello? Hi. Uh, is this Greg? Yeah, it is. Uh, what's life like, Greg? Life's busy. <laughs> yeah, what's it busy with? Um, School. I'm finishing my degree finally after a million and a half years. What are you getting the degree in? Uh, art and graphic design. Okay. Okay. Nothing fancy. Um, Greg, what is it that you wanted to talk about today? Um, so, as I'm sure you saw, um, I used to think that my life was like the Truman Show, but I didn't know the Truman Show existed, if that makes any sense. Um, like I used to think that everything in my life was like meant, I mean, I guess (laughs) it's meant to happen, but like people were watching me through cameras and like monitoring my moves and like does that make sense yeah so you thought that you were being watched and this was before you even knew that the Truman Show was a thing yeah yeah so then like once I finally told people like hey you guys like I think like I'm thinking I'm crazy and they're like no that's just the Truman Show and I was like no 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 like genuinely I think I'm crazy um what is so then it I looked up Truman Show yeah, yeah. How did you feel when you found out that this was a, a thing that was actually fictionalized? Um, I kind of felt stupid. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I feel like, I don't know, that I'm just crazy. <laughs> um, is this something that you still feel, or is this a fear that you've gotten over? Um, for the most part, I've gotten over it. Um, like, living as like a being watched every move like cameras and like people on cue type thing like okay go now she's doing this type thing um i've gotten over that but like i'm obviously mentally unstable undiagnosed (laughs) um for how long were you feeling like you were being watched um i mean it was like the majority of like my high school years like, I have a very vivid memory of, like, um, being in, like, the back hallways of school. And I'm, like, thinking, okay, once I turn this corner, they're going to tell the people on the other side of that wall, like, okay, she's coming around the corner. Like, go. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was kind of on a queue around me. <laughs> so um, how did this feeling like you were being watched affect kind of the way that you lived your life? Um, I feel like I was, I was very impulsive and I tried to like do things. I'm like, this is going to throw them off today. Like this is going to, this is going to, you know, throw them off and they're not going to know how to react to this. And I like try to catch people off guard. Like they were instructed, okay, um, Greg here is going to react this way. So then you're going to react like this. So then I would try to do something crazy out of the ordinary to see if they're like, oh, okay, we didn't, we weren't prepared for you to react like this. Like our head honcho doesn't you know Ah, tell us what to do after this 
So you would do things out of your routine to try to um, trip up the camera crew? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, did, this, did, did you ever do like things that were just irrational because you were trying to trip up um, the camera crew? Um, I mean, kind of, not really. I mean, it was like kind of just like stupid little things where like I would try to like read people's like um, their body language in a sense, um, seeing if like I could catch them off and notice that they're being weird and like they're kind of on like a script and if I'm not like not following this said script. What is it that made you realize that you were not being watched? Was it the realization that a movie about this existed? Um, yeah, that and like, you know, I tell people, I'm like, oh, you know, kind of the joke. I'm like, hey, I used to think my life was like the simulation, like scripted. And you all were put in my life like you were hired to do this. And they're like, OK, like they kind of not really guilted me. They made me feel stupid about it. So then I'm like, oh. I'm just an idiot for thinking this. Like, it's weird for me to think this. And then, of course, when I heard about the Truman Show, I was like, oh, that's how I feel. Felt. Not really anymore, but. Right. You're saying, you say that for the most, you said for the most part, you don't feel like this. And I feel like you wouldn't have said that if some hint of a little something was lingering. What is it that is preventing you from saying, I am completely over this. Um, I guess it's like, I don't know. I'm like not a spiritual person whatsoever, but I still think like it's like so cliche, but like everything kind of happens for a reason. And like in the sense of like, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So not in like the sense that like there's a camera crew, but like I can't really control what's going on. I don't know what's going on around me, but um yeah, if that makes sense. I feel like I'm not making sense here. <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean, is it the idea that life is sort of deterministic and that uh, all of your actions have been pre-planned, in a sense? And you're just following out? Yeah, yeah, for the plan? most part, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel as though you have free will, Greg? Um, For the most part, yeah. I kind of just feel like I go through the motions every day, and I feel like... I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a weird part of my brain that I try. I'm like, I try not to look too much into it because I don't know. <laughs> and I think that's what like makes me spiral is because I don't know. Um, have you talked to a real therapist about this stuff? No, <laughs> I'm too scared. Why are you scared? Um, I'm scared they're going to tell me I'm crazy, which... I probably am, but why I'm okay are, with are not you, knowing. You're afraid of being told that you're crazy or of living yes. in a reality in which you actually are some kind of a, you know, whatever. You have some sort of mental illness. You don't want to face that if that's the case. Yeah. Hmm. Um... Tell me more about why you're afraid of that. Um, I guess I don't know. I'm like in a place in my life where I'm like cool with what's going on. I'm like finally 
okay with waking up and being alive. So I feel like I'm scared that if I put something new in my life, like I'm, I've been doing the same thing kind of for the past ever since, so I don't know, five years ago or so. So I feel like if I throw something new into my life, it like makes me crumble, like because I'm not used to new things happening. If that makes, yeah. No, it actually makes a lot of your, your, I mean, it sounds like it took you a while to get to a point that you're feeling good about. And now you're here mm-hmm. and you're feeling good. And uh, you've reached this like state of equilibrium and you don't want to fuck with it because it's fragile. Right. Hmm. Well, um, does any part of you, and I don't know, I, I'm not gonna. It's really not my place to argue with that mode of operation. It's really not. Right. Can I ask you? Okay, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. What do you feel like it is right now that is giving your life a state of peaceful equilibrium? Um, I guess, I don't know. Like, I finally am, like I said earlier, um, finishing up school, which was something I never really got into the groove of, but like, now I'm like excited to go to school. I'm excited to like be doing something that I enjoy. And for a long time, I didn't know what I enjoyed. So like finding things that I'm like genuinely good at and like genuinely enjoy doing, um, is really like a good thing for me. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It sounds like there's been a upward trajectory for you that life is getting better. Yeah, silly. Okay, here's the thing. This call was like supposed to be kind of goofy, funny, but I'm like pacing around my room, <laughs> nervous. Are you pacing around your, you're pacing around your room, nervous that you're on the phone. Kind of. Um, can I ask you this? What What do you What do you desire for the future? Even though you um, might think it's, uh, you know, you're just following some plan. It's already planned some... out for me. Right, right, yeah. But uh, so let's say you have free will. What would you be doing, Greg? Um, I don't know. I just, I just want to be happy. I want to be with my friends and the people I love. Um, doing something I love, you know, waking up, going to a job or doing whatever that I like to do. Um. Yeah, every day I just try to find, like, a happiness. If <laughs> That, like, sounds so emo, but I just try to be happy because I um, feel like that. I mean, I don't really care what's going on around me as long as I'm happy. I think that's very legitimate. Um, let me ask you this. How close is your reality to that right now in this very moment? Uh, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> Uh, you described to me being at a job that you like, being with friends that you like, oh, sure. being happy right now. You described to me a, a, a version of reality. But how, how close is your reality to what you just described? Sure. Um, I mean, it's it's getting there. I recently moved away from my family, actually, but um, the school I'm going to is close to my family, so I see my family during the week, but then on the weekends, I'm at like my house that's you know about an hour or so away so i don't see my family as much but you know i talk to them all the time and call them on the phone facetime whatever 
And then for job stuff, I don't really have a job right now. I'm trying to just finish school. So that's the other thing I was, I mean, I'm feeling good about since I'm finishing my degree. Um, I'm feeling good about jobs. Try not to think too much about it, though. Um, Greg, is there any other aspect of any of this or anything in particular that you want to say to the people with the computer before we go? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I love your podcast. I'm sure everybody says it. Love your podcast. Love listening to it. Thanks, man. All the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all I got. Well, thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for, I mean, is there... Are you still pacing around your room? Yeah. <laughs> you did it. But I have you to, I, I'm a mover. I'm a mover to think. Why? It's so. funny because you're being perceived right now, which seems as though it has been a fear of yours being perceived. And yet you're, you're handling, at least from where I sit, you're, uh, you're being perceived. You're handling it well. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, yeah, I know. it. It's so cringy and cliche, but yeah, listening to your podca- podcast, it's great because it's like a, just a normal geek. So it's not really someone with a, an opinion that is based off of, you know, a, what am I trying to say? <laughs> you're, you're trying you're to say I'm this, not like um, the evil guy. Unbiased from opinion. Did you, did yeah. you know, can I ask you this? Did you watch the movie? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I avoided it. Um, would it, would, if the main character of the movie was wearing a gecko costume, not the main character, the, the guy who's orchestrating the thing, would that make it better? Uh, uh I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like it'd be kind of funny, but it'd be kind of scary. It would be kind of scary. Thank you for calling, Greg. Okay, yeah, I'll let you go. Bye. Bye. Let's figure out what's going on with Michael. Uh, Lyle? Hey, Michael? Oh, hello? <laughs> what's up, man? Uh, is this Lyle or no? Uh, yeah, who is this? Oh, uh, Michael. Michael, it says here that... Oh, it says here that you just tried crossing a river and your foot slipped and now you're stuck on a rock. Yeah. Okay. So, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I didn't think I'd talk to you. <laughs> I, what do you, um, hold on. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you talk. Okay. okay I'll just, uh, I'll just go through it quick. Um, so I'm just at like a state park. Sometimes I just go hiking by myself out here. Um, and there was a river and like on the other side, like there's a big like dirt cliff from the river, you know, taking the dirt away, obviously. Um, so I'm like trying to cross it cause I want to go up there and there's like a lot of rocks scattered, but not many. So I'm like hopping across them, you know, and my foot slips and it gets like soaked. So I just like take my shoes and socks off. Um, cause like, I mean, my foot's wet. I might as well just, just try it. Um, and then basically just after that, I, uh, just sat there for a while. Yeah. So and, that's when are I, you... and that's when I tried calling in. 
So, so are you currently stuck on a rock? What does that mean? Like, is your foot stuck somewhere? Is your what? What do you mean by you're stuck? It's more like I just have nowhere to go. Like the rocks around me are like more than five feet away, and it's just like I can't. They're not. They're too far to jump. So it's like I'm just gonna have to get in at some point. Okay, so you're not like stuck. You're just gonna have to get wet. Yeah, basically. But it's like freezing cold because I'm in you know north. America, northern. Oh, okay, America. I thought we were. I thought we were in some kind of a hundred twenty-seven hours situation. No, no, no. Uh, um, just gonna get really cold, basically. Okay, I mean, you've been on hold, by the way, for forty-five minutes. So, have you just? How long have you been on this rock for? About an hour. You have surprisingly good cell service in the middle of the woods. Yeah, it's, I think AT and T is just the man, it's just the, it's the place, you know. Are you, are you really on a rock right now? Yes. Are you serious? I'm serious. I just, I don't know. I don't really have anywhere to be. I plan my whole day around this, so it's like I was just gonna come out here until like nighttime, and it's just I don't really have anywhere to go. So I've just been listening to the call music. Um, do you do this a lot where you just kind of go hiking by yourself and spend the whole day outside? Yeah. Do you learn yeah. things about I yourself? I try as much as I can, but I'm, to, uh, uh, various epiphanies? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, just really recently, I was just like, I just did not think this through. Like, even if I did get across, how was I supposed to get back? And so I was like, well, should you always think about, should you always think like five steps ahead or should you just do it? And I think you just mm. need a, that balance, you know? Sometimes you got to think ahead and sometimes you just got to go for it. Mm. I like that. That's a good life analogy. Because I know, yeah, I know for a fact once I get up to that, once I get across and I go up there, it's just going to, I'm going to have no regrets, you know? Seeing uh, the, the prairie on the other side. Uh, what are you looking at right now? Can you describe the scene? Um, just up and down the river. Uh, lot, there's, I mean, there's a lot of rocks across it, but just really sparse, like, distance apart. Um, actually, just like this, the part that I was, um, on to get to this rock, there was, uh, a lot of little rocks that kind of, like, um, spot where the river was just barely below the the riverbed, uh, you know what I mean, kind of. Like, there's a little bit of land, and there's a lot of birds on it right now. A lot of robins. Pretty cool. I've just been watching them. What do you hope to do with your life, Michael? Um, basically this. Uh, I mean, I'm in college right now because, I mean, it's still like you still live in a society. You need money and stuff, so you need like a yeah. degree. But, I mean, this is really what I live for, is just not thinking at all. Um, I've mostly just been writing a lot of stuff down. Uh, oh, yeah? Have you been, have you been writing here. down, like, like your thoughts and feelings? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What Can but, I hear the most recent um, thing you wrote down? Okay, so... Um, I'm getting, looking at my notebook. Um... 
usually I just go to spots. I'm trying to become a better writer, so I just try and describe places as best as I can. Oh, hold on. Is your is your notebook wet? No, I did keep my backpack off the ground, thankfully. Okay. So. Okay. I'm fine. Did you get it? Did you find it? Um. Yeah. A lot of the recent stuff is um. Um. About school. Oh yeah. What uh? What uh? What about school? Um. Just like an English class, I've just been uh, talking to a professor. So I was just trying okay. to like, I mean, just like stuff I got to do and like what I'm going to do for homework, basically. Um, you, sound, you sound like you got a chill life going on, Michael. I mean, compared to like everyone else that calls in, I mean, I've listened to like your stuff for a year now. Um, I'm, yeah, I probably have the most stable life out of everyone <laughs> <laughs> you you you're throwing your hat in the ring as the most stable person that has ever called in. You're you are in the yeah. on a rock right now I, in the middle of the woods. Yeah, but mentally I'm the most stable person um that's ever called in here. What what uh what makes you say that? Well, just cuz like everyone in here, everyone that calls in usually has a bunch of life problems stuff. I really don't have any problems other than right now but i wouldn't see this as a problem i'd see it as more of an opportunity so you're saying that the advice that you would give to every single person who's called into the show is to go find a rock to lay on in the middle of the woods <laughs> i'm not the best advocate i've never had um any mental health issues so it's like i don't really have sympathy for people with i can't really feel sympathy for people with that mm -hmm. um I, yeah, it's a, little, it's a bit of an issue, but... Uh, well, it's, it's not necessarily about mental health issues. It's just about b b life okay. and walking around and looking at stuff and thinking things. Yeah, I mean, I just try to not think as much as possible. You know? just, well, um, Michael, I feel like we can all learn a lot from you. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? Um, well, I did, I did want to say, like, your, like, jingle for the end of the Spotify is, like, so good. It's so catchy. Oh, thanks, How did man. you, like, did you make that? That was made by was Max Simone. Okay. That was really good. Anything you want to say about oh, you? Have you ever thought of, like, having, like, oh, um, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna probably take a nap out here later, so... Um, right to shut down. So no, no. I don't well, know what uh, you say about me. Well, thank you very much for calling and sharing with us your secrets to a good life, Michael. Yeah, no problem. Happy to share. Take care, brother. <laughs> yeah, you too. Bye. You know, maybe he is the most mentally stable person that's ever called in. Maybe he's right. Although I feel like the most mentally stable person that's ever called in wouldn't declare themselves to be that. So it's a bit of a catch-22. I'm going to go find a rock to lay on.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.